Gentlemen, 7 o'clock on a Saturday night, and as usual, that means it's time for the other podcast. I'm your host, Robert Stacy McCain. And I'm not, hello folks, it's the other guy on the other podcast here, John Hogan, live and direct from exotic Valdosta, Georgia. Hi, Diana. Hey there. Um, if, you, go ahead. if you hear weird drumming in the background, it's the, uh, the parade, it's Christmas parade day. And that's Aww. what you get for living just right off the main drag there. Very much so. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, it's uh, not not very far to uh, Barack Obama Boulevard from where you no, are. No, 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 no. That actually is a good, uh, okay, about a half mile. <laughs> it's yeah. a little more. Yeah. Uh, y'all yeah. had, a, had a, 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 a shooting hoax. Uh, yeah, we sure did. Boy, you know, um, I have a lady who I know who is a teacher who was uh, uh, looking around her little tiny kindergarten and going, okay, my tinies, what do I do? How do I keep them safe? I've got one lady who has a friend of mine who has two kids in the school system and she was, uh, she actually got out her AR and headed downtown. Yeah, um, yeah this it was week, bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this week there was a, um, uh, a report of a, uh, a, it turned out to be a false report of an active shooter at Valdosta High School. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they locked down everything and, and brought out the SWAT and everything else, and mm -hmm. it turned out to be a hoax. So hey, it was even worse than you realize. Um, it was over in Moultrie. The same uh, the the story was that every single school got a threat. Huh? Yeah. Huh. Even over in Moultrie, which is in a different, which is in Colquitt County, not Lowndes. I mean, yeah. it was really crazy and really bad. Wow. Wow. It was bad. Anyways, well, folks, you can find my good friend John Hoag's blogging at hogwash.com. Stacy, on the other hand, uh, has his blogging mostly at theothermccain.com, but he can be found at other fine spots around the interwebs as well. Uh, specifically, Spectator. Is you, uh, you've been known to publish there. Yes. So, and uh, Diana yeah, is, is also... Uh, we'll blog about uh, nonprofits. Boy, howdy, will I. Just, you know, just throw me a subject, guys. Send me an email. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are now, uh, uh, it is a Saturday night in uh, late autumn. And uh, Stacy does not want to talk about uh, Pro Ball this oh week. Oh, my God. Oh, my that God. bad, huh? 
<laughs> oh my God, it was awful, awful, awful. Thursday night, folks, as you know what happened, and I, I, I guess I, I have to explain for anyone who's tuning in for the first time and doesn't realize, I'm a born and bred Alabama fan. So when mm-hmm. last year the New England Patriots drafted Matt Jones, uh, mm-hmm. the Alabama quarterback, and I became a Patriots fan. And so... <laughs> On Thursday night football, prime time, the Patriots played their division rival, the Buffalo Bills, and it was a good game for about 20 minutes. (laughs) And then it turned into a blowout, and in the second half, um, uh, mm-hmm. The camera caught Mac Jones on the sideline uh, cursing uh, the play mm-hmm. calling uh, that was going. And, and what's gone wrong at uh, New England this year is just very bad, and it's especially bad for our fan, Mac Jones. So I, I, I don't want to think about it. But meanwhile, the, we have reached the championship, the conference championship stage of the college football season and uh kind of looks like Georgia's got the SEC. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, meanwhile, uh but first on Friday in the Pac-12 uh championship game, number 4 uh USC uh was at home and got upset by number 11 Utah. Uh, by a score, and it wasn't even close, folks. It was mm. 17 all at half, uh, but uh, the final score was 47 to 24. And so USC takes their second loss and is probably out of um, contention for the uh, championship playoff. Uh, meanwhile, today, uh, another another upset, number three, uh, Texas Christian University, TCU, um, came in undefeated uh, for the um, uh, Big 12 championship game, and they were upset by number 10, Kansas State. Uh, <laughs> Kansas State 31, TCU 28. So there's a, a, a big upset. Uh, meanwhile, in the SEC championship game right now, they are in the third quarter. Not much time left there. And Georgia leads 42 to 23, and <laughs> really it's not that close. Uh, no, uh, it isn't. Uh, and uh, Georgia is currently driving. Uh, they're at the LSU 41-yard line. And they have just run all over LSU in the first half. It was 35 to 10 at uh, the half, thanks to a last minute field goal by LSU. Otherwise, it would have been 30. But I mean, you give up five touchdowns in the first half, it's going to be a long night. And meanwhile, Either that or it's a Vanderbilt game. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, it's always, always Vanderbilt night, with John. you, John. Anyways, but in the American <laughs> Athletic uh, Conference Championship, uh, number 18, Tulane, leads the University of Central Florida 31 to 21. In uh, the, the uh, fourth quarter, and later tonight, uh, Michigan and Purdue will face off for the Big Ten championship, while in the ACC, number nine, Clemson takes on number 23, North Carolina. And in a more international stage, uh, 
uh, the Netherlands beat the United States in the metric football match that's going on, which means that we're out of contention completely. It's time to come home. You okay. know, you know, the thing is, is that, is that, uh, you know, as I, I, I pointed out last week, uh, we, we played to a tie with Wales and Wales has bad. less population than Harris County, Texas, you know, and it's just like, it's just like, we don't have to like, you know, have soccer mania in America uh, to be able to field uh, a competitive team. We've got 330 million people in this country. You know, if 1% of them play soccer, that's 3 million people. Surely out of 3 million soccer players, we can put 11 on the field that could beat somebody. But no, 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 no. Stacy, the mistake you're making is assuming that there are that many people who care. Yeah. yeah. If well, that is I, the truth. I am against losing. Okay. I am not a uh, soccer fan necessarily, but. Uh, oh, well, I mean, you know. But I'm anti losing. I well, get that. I get that, Stacy, but it's soccer. <laughs> you know. Well, you know, the thing is, you lose and the winners write the history books, see. Yeah, well, okay. Uh, anyway, do they? I guess, um, yeah, the Confederates did lose the Civil War, didn't yeah. they? And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, uh, but, ain't I been told you so. <laughs> All yes, right. Uh, yes. The, the, um, uh, in the category of don't know much about history, um, <sighs> I had a blog post uh, on Friday with the headline, It's Only Confederate Flags, they said. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> Illustrated with the, a picture of the statue of John Witherspoon at, at uh, Princeton University. And, and what it is is that the left um, have decided that they're going to get rid of students on campus have uh. sent in a petition to the faculty and administration saying, please rid us of this statue of John Witherspoon. Yeah. <clears throat> now, why, oh, why uh, are they uh, so upset about it? Well, let me read to you. A Princeton University committee is slated to consider the removal of a prominent statue of founding father John Witherspoon in the center of their campus as a result of a petition demanding its removal. Witherspoon was a member of the Second Continental Congress, a signer of the Declaration of Independence, and was Princeton's sixth president. Now, and an ancestor of my father's physician. <laughs> okay, well, you throw that out there. Uh, but, uh, but folks, uh, this brief description of who John Witherspoon is um, mm -hmm. underestimates. I mean, I mean, it is difficult to exaggerate the impact that John Witherspoon had True. on the uh, revolution. Um, he was a native of Scotland and mm -hmm. uh, a Presbyterian minister and theologian mm -hmm. who was recruited by American admirers to become the president of a struggling Presbyterian college in New Jersey, which subsequently, yeah, subsequently became Princeton University, but at the time, 
Uh, it was rather obscure, but uh, Witherspoon's reputation uh, attracted so many students, including a young Virginian uh, <laughs> named James Madison. And it was mm -hmm. in um, Witherspoon's lectures on moral philosophy um, that um, uh, James Madison absorbed the idea proponent. Uh, uh, propounded by Witherspoon about the mm -hmm. need for checks and balances in government. So the entirety of our, our constitutional system really owes a lot to Witherspoon, okay? And as I point out in there, from among his students, John Witherspoon's students at, at uh, Princeton, mm -hmm. from among his students came 37 judges three of whom became justices of the U.S. Supreme Court, 10 cabinet officers, 12 members of the Continental Congress, 28 U.S. senators, and 49 U.S. congressmen. And a president. Yes, mm -hmm. of course. Yes, yes. And so, and so Princeton almost would not exist as we know it uh, and certainly wouldn't have the prestige it does. Mm -hmm had it not been for the influence of, of uh, John Witherspoon. Well, here's the paragraph, uh, the third paragraph of this story. But he owned two slaves on his farm in New Jersey and voted against a plan for abolition in the state, according to historical records. Well, so, they're not actually. Here's the thing. I am pretty sure that if you actually dig a little deeper, it'll be a lot more nuanced. Well, I did. And it is a lot more nuanced. His mm -hmm. his uh, position. Uh, I mean, I mean, it was clear. I mean, uh, you in his writings, he, mm -hmm. he talked about the problems of, of slavery and and mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, and, you know, and so the idea that that John Witherspoon, this Scottish Presbyterian theologian, mm -hmm. uh, is got to be canceled, right? Uh, oh, he must be canceled because he's a racist, you know. And and it's it's like you know how shallow. Uh, I I refer to the puerile shallowness of this attack, you know, mm -hmm. and it is an indictment of the contemporary atmosphere at Princeton that this petition is out there. I mean, mm -hmm. it is ridiculous. Um, go ahead. I well, didn't no. say anything. I was sitting. <laughs> oh. Well, but the point is, I'll take, I'll take it from there. The thing is, is that you have a group of people. I mean, this is an Ivy League school. Mm -hmm. And you have a group of students who are so poorly grounded in American history that they would uh, come to uh, points of view like this. It's 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 just it's it's not an, an indictment of Princeton so much as our, our high schools. Yeah. Yes. Well, I've I've got to tell you is you know I I uh, in the preamble to this I, I I talk about the fact of how it was that there came to be in the 1990s this crusade mm -hmm. uh, to get rid of the confederate flag if you're yeah, our age that. and i and i don't know i i'm you know i'm 63 john is in his 70s i'll be 75 on new year's eve and uh diana is is uh, uh, relatively a relatively youth. young 
Clemson. A relatively yes. young 59. But, but mm-hmm. if you think back to the 1970s, okay, mm-hmm. if you think, if you can remember back to the 1970s, uh, and the Dukes of Hazard rolling around in a, a car called the General Lee <laughs> with the Confederate <laughs> battle flag on the top of the car, and it was just good old boys never meaning no harm. Right. Okay? And <laughs> And by the 1980s, uh, what had happened was is that the the country had, you know, the civil rights movement had happened. Uh, There had been, you know, at at times in the 1960s, there were riots and things. But everything calmed down and people went on with their lives. And by the 1980s, the NAACP was more or less obsolete and um, uh, bordering on bankruptcy. And then they discovered... Right, that by waving the Confederate flag around, <laughs> uh, that they could appeal to a certain cohort of donors. Okay, mm-hmm. and and this was explained to me uh, by a, a PhD who had studied this very closely uh, many years ago, <laughs> uh, and he explained that it was simply this: that there were these rich old Jewish women in the Upper East Side of New York, okay, that when that, you know, when that mail fundraising appeal, because it used to be direct mail, right? But when that came in and they showed the Confederate flag and it just <laughs> symbolized in their minds, right, this, this terrible racist oppression, and they would write checks and write checks. And I remember in 1996, we were coming up, on the uh, Atlanta Olympics, right? And the, there was all this civic pride and boosterism and everything like this. Mm-hmm. And the New York Times ran this long kind of uh, feature think piece article about the stigma and the controversy over the Confederate flag. And there was, <laughs> and nobody cared. Okay. The, nobody the regular cared. people going around their lives in Georgia never cared at all i think mm-hmm. okay let me uh almost pick a a, a different uh, point of view about this i grew up in tennessee in the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. you would see the confederate flag every once in a while because mm-hmm. it was a part of local history i mean mm-hmm. i literally yes. lived on the edge of one of the battlefields of the civil war nashville yes yeah. the battle uh, of nashville no, the no, battle I mean, of franklin you, we used to go up on Shias Hill across the street from my house and find uh, like expended bullets, right. and, you know, mm-hmm. occasional Minera balls, uh, 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 well, occasional well. revolver, French. But let me. So I, I, and this, you didn't really see it much until the centennial of the Civil War. Then it popped Thank up you. some more. Mm-hmm. Um, and this has but been can forgotten, I, by the way. But the, but from from my point of view, growing up. You know, I had people, I had people in my family on both sides of the war. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, the, the rifle that hangs over the mantle uh, in uh, my library uh, ha- is my great, great grandfather's rifle. He was a Confederate cavalry officer. Uh, I have another. Great, Wouldn't that have been I have a carbine though? No, it's, it, it was, it was, it was not no, his it military. Not be. It, it would, it, well, first of all, it was not his military rifle. It was his hunting rifle. But secondly, the, I, 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 I have a great, great 
great uncle's uniform that hangs in the museum in Gettysburg and it's blue. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. you know, my family's from, from both sides of this. Um, the the uh, thing Frankly, is- my family didn't get here until after the civil war. So, well, that's that's why you can be get, glad you're out of uh, California and not going to be stuck with faith in the Got that right. But, but here, but here's the point. From my point of view, other than the fact that there are a bunch of idiots on both sides who are trying to make oh, yeah. the Confederate flag a big deal, I'm ready for it to be retired <laughs> uh, to the history section of the museum. I fought in the United okay. States Army. The Confederacy was an enemy of the United States, mm-hmm. uh, and I would have fought. I believe, based on uh, what I learned growing up in my family, I probably would have been on the side of the Union in the Civil War. But the, but the point is, is that there is, you know, it's time to put that one to bed, yeah, and right. we need we need to start teaching people of, about how to move on. From their great 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 grandparents' uh, problems. Um, mm-hmm. On the other hand, you know, uh, we're we're training a group of young people who just can't think these sorts of things through. I had a post this week called "No Safe Space for a Pro-Life Lawyer." There was a uh, a, a lawyer by the name of Robin Keller who she's a simply car- a lawyer. She pointed out things that have nothing to do with being pro-life or anything else, just pointing out that Roe was bad law. Here yeah. we go. And she, and she, this was, in, but this was in a meeting at her uh, law firm, which Hogan Lovells. Uh, and mm. uh, it was a, a crying session, you know, for, for, for women, uh, feminist women to uh, uh, have a safe space to, to uh, depressurize over the thing. And when she basically pointed out right. that uh, it was bad law and uh, that even there were people who uh, would like her pro-abortion, who would like to see the thing gone away and given back to the States, you know, she got fired. Yep. Uh, and uh, ludicrous. It's it, absolutely ludicrous. And when she tried to appeal the thing uh, to the, uh, uh, now, now remember she's a retired uh, partner, partner with, equi- with equity in the firm, and yeah. they uh, even the Crazy. HR people uh, just basically hired an outside law firm to whitewash what was going on, and she got fired. By Which the way, is Hogan, crazy. By the way, but to give you an idea of you know this is one of the power firms. Hogan Lovells is also the law firm that is providing pro bono uh, legal assist- representation to Brett Kimberlin as he attempts to get rid of his, uh, tries to overturn his convictions for the Speedway bombings. So He's going to have a problem with that, isn't he? Well, that, but see, this is, this is the kind of people, and it's just been given to one of the young female lawyers to actually oh, of course. the case. So there um, we go. Poor thing. Poor yes. thing. Does she really know what she's getting into? <laughs> well, you know, we'll, well see the, what uh, But, but, uh, you know, I remember, uh, do you remember the old uh, TV series, The Paper Chase? Oh, yeah, vaguely. Yeah, the, the Paper Chase, and it, it was uh, about law school, and it was, and the professor, who's the actor's name escapes me, John Houseman. I, yes, John Houseman. John Houseman played the professor, and the the method that he used in teaching was what used to be called the adversarial method of teaching okay where 
where uh, you know he asks a question. If you don't know the answer, you're gonna you're gonna wish you'd paid attention. Is that really true? Is this really a tort? Now, you know, and and this this sort of arch sarcastic tone from teachers. I remember getting that from like fifth and sixth grade onward. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that well, they weren't there to hold your hand and make you feel good about right. yourself? They, well, the school was not a self esteem. Uh, 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 no uh, group session. Well, I was, yes, but certainly I mean, not. But the, it, yes, but that's a form of the Socratic method, and look how it, mm-hmm. he ended up. Uh, <laughs> on the other hand, uh, at least we don't have blood on our hands like El- Elon Musk. Oh, poor oh, Elon. Elon, Elon, you I dear, dear, you. sweet soul. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the headline on my piece earlier this week was. Um, Blood on your hands. Is anyone really endangered by Twitter amnesty? And um, a, a, a uh, esteemed African journalist mm-hmm. named Hopewell Chinono uh, responded. Uh, Elon Musk did a, uh, an, on, a, a Twitter poll asking uh, whether su- there should be a general amnesty offered on Twitter. Mm-hmm. To suspended accounts, and speaking as someone with a suspended account, I've got two of them. <laughs> Anyways, but uh, uh, replying to this, uh, Hopewell Chinono said, This would be a major disaster, especially in Africa, where state sponsored ghost accounts were suspended for endangering human rights activists and journalists. You should. <sighs> You would have allowed vile people to put our lives in danger as journalists. You will what? have blood on our hands. Now, I don't uh, get how that actually parses. Well, you know, the idea um, that uh, all, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, that, that uh, by the way, uh, friends inside, friends inform me. Uh, that they're go- going to be taking their time restoring accounts. We had hoped that there mm-hmm. would be a sudden restoration of our accounts, uh, but it's going to be uh, longer than that because uh, um, it's it just, you know, they're going to take them on a case by case basis because they can't, um, you know, because you do have things like you've got what Bill talking- Smallfeld with a couple of hundred accounts. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. Anyways, right. but he's talking about. Uh, but he's specifically talking about bad actors uh, that the, uh, uh, you know, that uh, Hopewell Chinono has won awards for his reporting on the corrupt regime in Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. which, yeah. by the way, Zimbabwe is actually worse. Uh, the, the, the government in Zimbabwe is actually worse than our government, if you can yeah. believe that. It's, it's perhaps even worse than San Francisco. I don't uh, know if that's even possible in some ways, but <laughs> well, well, anyways, but um, well, uh, anyway, uh, apparently, uh, Musk was not the least bit deterred by this because yay. last night I was sitting watching the Twitter files <laughs> unfold. I was sitting there with a cup of uh, Irish coffee, coffee. Uh, at my uh, <laughs> uh, computer, watching it uh, go down uh, as and. Uh, Basically, what I was surprised was there were, that there was so much in the way of documentation left behind 
Uh, I had to illustrate the the point by having by a still from Downfall, which is mm -hmm. uh, the uh, German staff at headquarters burning all their papers. <laughs> yeah. But um, it, it's it, really it, hard to to clear everything digitally. It's really hard. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I mean, the, you, you know, somebody should have gone through and at least uh, wiped it with a cloth. As uh, oh, as you'd a, think. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you know, uh, it, it was amazingly screwed up. Just, uh, they're so arrogant. They had this concept that nobody could possibly disagree with them. It's insane. Yeah. Well, it, uh, either that, or if there, if you did disagree with them, you were either in, you, you were either insane yourself or evil. Right. And, uh, so meanwhile, uh, uh, Stacy uh, probably has uh, the the better summary uh, uh, among the uh, one of the better summaries among uh, what I've read so far. Hashtag Twittergate. Elon Musk exposes Twitter's 2020 election interference, and um, uh, some of the revelations uh, that were made. Mm. And and what happened was is that. Uh, uh, Elon Musk uh, uh, just basically did a document dump using uh, uh, journalist Matt Taibbi. Matt Taibbi mm -hmm. used to write for you said I mean Rolling I mean, was, Stone. Yeah, he wrote for Rolling Stone, and, and he's a guy that I used to just hate his guts. Okay, <laughs> I I mean I used to hate Glenn Greenwald's guts, but <laughs> something about the past five years. Uh, woke some people up. I think the people who end up uh, fighting shoulder to shoulder with us never cease to astonish me. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I never mean, expected I, these folks. Well, I think what it is is, and and I'm I'm digress here a little bit mm. to say that I think what it is is that Trump derangement syndrome. Mm. Um. Uh. Just drove so many liberals just completely out of their mind uh, mm -hmm. and they were they adopted an by any means necessary rationale uh, <laughs> that anything was fair game if it helped to defeat Trump and that and, mm -hmm. they, and they they became obsessed uh, with this and 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 uh, I think you know probably uh, there were several factors involved in for Matt Taibbi Matt Taibbi is an economic leftist. He's a man of the, you know, a, 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 I, I guess you would almost call him a socialist. But he was, mm -hmm. it, like a lot of other uh, uh, young people, relatively young people, I guess I should say now, because he's, you know, 15 years older than when I first became aware of him. <laughs> but but um, uh, a lot of young people supported Bernie Sanders and never liked Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. And uh, and obviously Matt Taibbi's one of them, and he just you know and, and just the craziness. But anyway, well, well, it's it's possible it's possible if you're something akin to an old time liberal to mm -hmm. uh, be both uh, someone uh, very left wing economically mm -hmm. and still have a moral center. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. there's a lot of things that have it, over the past ten years, roughly, if we could. Uh, go back to the year the year of uh, Obama's reelection, uh, but over the past ten years, a lot of things have changed, and 
uh, you know, a lot of people who were completely down with the Democratic Party agenda, uh, you know, looked around and said, what am I doing surrounded by these whack jobs, man? These are, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, if you go back to uh, some of the stuff I was talking about, them, uh, you know, toppling statues just, yeah. uh, you know, during the uh, 2020 riots and. Idiocy. A lot of people were like, are you kidding me? But anyway, so I, to, to, uh, to return from my digression, uh, the documents uh, shows that um, the suppression and, and what this was about was the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story, which was mm -hmm. broken by the New York Post. And um, it was spearheaded by Vijaya. Gotti, I how did Vijaya Gada, Gada. Okay, well, uh, okay. Anyways, Gotti. Uh, anyways, yeah, you're fine. Uh, who was the head of trust and safety, uh, the Twitter's top censor, George Orwell to the white courtesy phone, please. Yeah, Amazing so George Orwell. Yeah, uh, numerous top Twitter employees, especially from the communications and policy teams, whose job it is to maintain rela relations with lawmakers and the press, expressed concern at the decision. And uh, uh, <laughs> one Democratic congressman, Ro Khanna from uh, California, uh, yep. said, whoa, you're going to get a huge backlash uh, Sensible from this. Man. this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, he was not down for this. No. Um, uh, the, the smoking guns that I saw here is, uh, first of all, um, them stating, uh, and, and this is, uh, in the stream, it's tweet number 25 in, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Taibi stream where he quotes mm -hmm. a message that, that with the header privileged and confidential, uh, which says that quote, our teams continued to investigate the origins of the materials included in the reporting. Now, what was going on, by the way, and, and why this story was suppressed, it was suppressed under the rubric of their hacked materials policy. Nonsense. Right? And, um, and they explained that the hacked materials uh, policy originated after and in response to the 2016 election. Oh, mm -hmm. what was that about? Oh, that was about Hillary Clinton, the DNC email leak. Okay. Right. And this gets confused in a lot of people's mind. Okay. A lot there. of people want to, want to claim that that was a hack. It was a leak. Okay. And, um, uh, and they want to tell you that Russia was behind this, uh, uh, John Podesta clicked on a phishing link. Yes, okay. yes, he did. And, and 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 you know, and the idea that this was some you know sinister foreign operation that <sighs> and that, that it, what the emails revealed, by the way, and this is the important thing to keep in mind, and and why a lot of people got did, didn't want a damn thing to do with Hillary Clinton is mm -hmm. it revealed the inner workings of the DNC and how basically the uh, 2016 pr Democratic primary contest was rigged. Okay. Mm -hmm. If the uh, Bernie Sanders people think they got ripped off, well, hello, you did get ripped off. And well, so, yep. Yep. But I mean, here's the point is that it shows that you have uh, government and political party people coming to 
Twitter and mm. saying, take this stuff down. Yeah, so not yeah. only that, and but, they did. But, but it was revealed that the Twitter's deputy general counsel, Jim Baker, and by the way, mm. we're going to get to this, uh, was the guy uh, basically overseeing the vetting of the alleged hack material. Oh, yeah. Well, he'd already vetted a whole bunch of Russian collusion stuff. Yeah, and that and that's important to know, is that who Jim Baker is, and this is what really pissed off Ace of Space, is that <laughs> Jim Baker was a disgraced FBI lawyer who was up to his navel, at least, if not his <laughs> neck. Up to How his, about eyebrows? <laughs> he was up to his chin in the whole Russian collusion hoax. And he was the guy who acted as the go-between to pass the thumb drive containing the Steele dossier uh, to the FBI. So Yeah, but so and so now, while I was following all this, uh, later mm -hmm. in the evening yesterday, former <laughs> Twitter uh, chief censor, although he was head of trust and safety, but... Yol Roth. yeah. Uh, it, it got on Mastodon. That's where all the, the good people have left Twitter for Mastodon. Wow. Got on Mastodon to whine, and this is a quote, publicly wow. posting the names and identities of frontline employees involved in content moderation puts them in harm's way and is a fundamentally unacceptable thing to do. They're... Uh -huh responsible for what they did therefore and they're responsible officers therefore no <laughs> well i mean what my question was what exactly does roth fear and that the, the i'm betting on accountability is what he, yeah. he is what is but the i but the idea that 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 somehow someone's privacy <clears throat> is being violated you're a you're a corporate officer okay you're an executive in a corporation that, mm -hmm. um, you know, clearly interfered with the election. That's what, mm -hmm. I, I don't know how you can call this anything but election interference, and yeah. apparently at the behest of the FBI. And you're doing this and and trying to rig an election, and you expect, well, oh, oh, I was on the front line, and you're putting me in harm's <sighs> way. No. You yes. elected the paycheck asshole. Uh, when you <laughs> sign up for certain jobs, you sign up for the uh, risks as well. Uh, don't do the crime <laughs> if you can't do the time. Or as uh, uh, Harmeet K. Dillon has uh, tweeted, Array the Twitter files. My law firm has already sued California Secretary of State and Twitter for silencing D.C. Uh, uh, Drano over his truthful commentary opinion about the 2020 elections. Uh -huh. Arguments in the Ninth cir Circuit next week. Today's releases vindicate our claims. More First Amendment lawsuits incoming. Yep. And, yep. Then, and then we have this other nice tweet from Mr. Musk himself saying, tune in for episode two of the Twitter Files. Oh, uh, yeah. And which is apparently and supposed to be this yeah, evening. Yep. Yeah, well, it, yeah. Uh, depends on uh, when tomorrow is. Tomorrow could be tomorrow. It uh, could be later this evening. It could be, uh, you know, after midnight uh, on Sunday. But uh, basically, he ain't done yet. No, but yeah. He, but, uh, oh, and he had one, uh, he had, uh, one more tweet. Uh, I've seen a lot of concerning tweets about the recent Brazil election. If those tweets are accurate... 
It's possible that Twitter <laughs> personnel gave preference to the left-wing candidates. Duh. <laughs> mm. uh, if yeah. you think Lula da Silva, um, the okay, let me put it this way. The Brazilians do not think, there are a lot of Brazilians who do not think that Lula da Silva actually won the election. Really? Because they are Brazilians and not really intimidated very easily, they're out in the streets. There are millions, in fact, tens of millions Brazilians standing up saying, uh, we didn't vote for Lula da Silva. <laughs> Well, it's Hello? going to be it's going to be an interesting time, and we've been had so much time. But uh, no one so much, wants to talk about it. <laughs> we've had so much fun talking about this slice of it that we got ten minutes past the bottom of the hour. Stacy, we're not going to uh, get our uh, commercial in unless you go for it right now. It is time uh, for the uh, shameless capitalism segment of the uh, podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Where I tell you that if you will go to my blog, theothermccain.com, uh, near the top of the center column uh, is a yellow button with the word donate on it. If you will click the donate button, uh, it will take you to my PayPal account where you can contribute dollars, pesos, euros, shekels, uh, whatever currency you have except Russian rubles. Um, uh, it will. Uh, to support the blog, to support this podcast, and of course, to keep my wife happy because mm -hmm. she likes it when I make money off of this uh, crazy enterprise. And keeping my wife happy is always job number one. Meanwhile, over at my good friend John Hogue's blog, hogwash.com. Uh, if you look in the, the sidebar there on the right, there is an icon of a tip jar. Click on it and be taken away to my PayPal account where you can help support Hogwash or the podcast or both. Or you can shop using the Amazon links that you find at Hogwash. Um, by the way, uh, other bloggers have those links as well. As a matter of fact, I just did my Christmas shopping using uh, links at uh, Instapundit to help support him. Uh, mm. So... Uh, <sighs> You can also shop at the Hogwash store. There's a link there. Regardless of how you choose to support us, please remember the five most important words in the English language. Hit the freaking tip jar. Indeed. Now, we have been a little bit boisterous about <laughs> our discussions this evening, but at least we've been mostly peaceful. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, now, speaking of where that phrase totally comes from, peaceful. Well, uh, mostly peaceful. Speaking of where that phrase <laughs> originated, at least in uh, contemporary usage, uh, CNN has had uh, a, a round of layoffs, uh, uh, and Stacy uh, has uh, reported on the most peaceful aspect of it. We'll get to that. Uh, a lot of journalist uh, careers appear to be ending. Uh, mm -hmm. And given the number of alleged programmers that have recently been dumped <laughs> on the market, learning to code may not be a, a useful addition to their uh, skill sets. So I suggest that they should learn to weld. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I, 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 uh, uh, my headline for this was post-election bonfire of Schadenfreude. 
hundreds being laid off at CNN. Uh, uh, did I? Did I? Have I mentioned yet? Have I? I oh, I, I mentioned it on Thursday. I, the biggest name on that list, but we'll yes. get to that. Uh, but anyways, uh, CNN started to inform staffers of layoffs as its chairman and CEO Chris Liddy, uh, Chris Light wrote. Um, in notices that went out uh, earlier this week. Today, we will notify a limited number of individuals, largely some of our paid contributors, as part of a recalibrated reporting strategy. <laughs> tomorrow, we will notify impacted employees, and tomorrow afternoon, I will follow up with more details of these changes. Uh, well, well, uh, uh, a couple hundred employees were expected to be affected <laughs> uh but the layoffs are said to include some recognizable names and of yeah. course uh high on that list was chris Saliza. uh <laughs> if you knew that papa son of a bitch uh but mm -hmm. they also by the way they 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 canceled the contracts of some of their uh, longtime contributors, mm -hmm. uh, including Paul Bagala beforehand. Yeah. Paul Bagala, you may remember him. The guy looks uh, like a looks like a some kind of alien in a Star Trek episode. Um, Paul Bagala is always an interesting visual. <laughs> I I have hated that son of a bitch so long. But he made a great pairing with uh, the Cajun. Oh, Carvel. But well, Carvel. here's the thing about Paul Begala. He he'd get on TV and talk about what a Texan he was. Bull fucking yeah, right. shit. Okay, <laughs> because Paul Begala's from New Jersey. Okay, yes. he moved to Houston because his father was guess what working for NASA. NASA. Okay. So the idea that he's some kind of down-home bubba and he'll do this stuff, you know, <laughs> son of a bitch, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I don't know if he stepped in front of a bus, you know, tomorrow, I, I would pin a medal on the bus driver. I'll just put it to you that way. I, I got no hard use. on the bus driver. I, anyway. I do not like Paul Begala, but anyways, uh, uh, I said that, um, uh, I, I had to, when I saw that news, I had to go dance around in jubilation like a cornerback <laughs> who just scored a pick six to win the game. I, I mean, it was just, it was beautiful. I'm so glad, so glad of their misery. It, it makes me happy. I understand that. You know, I never actually rejoice at anybody losing their job, but I have to admit that Chris Saliza, I assume he's got enough banked away to get by. Well, you know, the fact that the fact that um, the Patriots lost on Thursday, <laughs> I, I, I broke even on Thursday because Chris Saliza got fired and the Patriots lost. So, you know, it's <laughs> you know, it gives me hope. You know what I'm saying? It, it keeps I me alive. It, it gives me I a reason it. to live just so that I can watch their suffering. It's nice to see your life in such great balance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting uh, uh, how they're going to restructure things. I mean, they're even talking about perhaps uh, 
uh, getting rid of what, what used to be headline news, which actually, <laughs> which actually used to be a really good 30 minute summary wrap up of what was mm -hmm. happening. But, uh, you know, it's just completely deteriorated in the last uh, 10 years. Um, you know, like a lot of things. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, for example, the language. Mm -hmm. I had a, you keep using that word post. Today. Oh, yes, uh, you did. Miriam mm -hmm. Webster has announced the word of the year for 2022 is, are you ready for this, Stacey? Gaslighting. Gaslighting. But that involves the use of fossil fuel. It does. <laughs> okay, so in, so uh, I mean, okay. that, that's, that's not such a good thing. Uh, mm -hmm. On the other hand, mm -hmm. Atlanta is continuing to try to uh, self-destruct. All right. <sighs> Being a native of Atlanta, I can only shake my head in sorrow at what's happened to that once great city. Mm. Basically, the entire city and most of the suburbs have become a shooting range in recent years. Perhaps Atlanta is not yet as bad as Philadelphia, Baltimore, St. Louis, or some of our nation's other notorious murder zones, mm. but it's still plenty bad. And for yeah. the same reason that so many other cities have spiraled out of control, to put it as politely as possible, the word is demographics. News mm. item number one, a 12-year-old was killed and five mm. teenagers were injured in a shooting Saturday night after gunfire erupted near Atlanta's Atlantic Station Retail District following a dispute involving juveniles. Uh. Yeah, uh, three guns were recovered from the scene. Uh, Atlanta police previously said the shooting took place after a dispute occurred that escalated to gunfire. Around 8 p.m., a group of juveniles were escorted off Atlantic Station property by off-duty Atlanta police officers and security personnel. They were removed, and I'm quoting um, the uh, Homicide Commander Lieutenant Jermaine Dearlove, Quote, they were removed for unruly behavior and also curfew violations for Atlantic Station. The group moved to 17th Street where the dispute occurred and gunfire erupted. Now, <laughs> I know a little bit about this, okay? Mm -hmm. it, 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 Atlantic Space Station was supposed to be a gem in the heart of the city. They took what had been the Atlantic Steel Mill Mm -hmm. uh, and it was, um, uh, how many acres? 138 acres uh, that were converted into this commercial space. And it was supposed to be like this festival, a, an outdoor mall kind of thing and everything like that. And But not a week goes by that the unruly youth are not causing trouble down there. But people don't want to talk about the problem. News item number two. Police now believe four people were involved in a shooting in East Atlanta's Gresham Park neighborhood and that it started as an attempted home invasion. Uh, Police found three people, ages 23, 18, and 15, with apparent gunshot wounds. 
how I, I'm sorry, apparent gunshot wounds, either they're yeah, gunshot wounds or they're it's not. journalism. It's journalism, okay? <laughs> Anyways, uh the eighteen year old died. Well, I mean if the if the round goes I'm all sorry. the way through the person, you you can't tell for sure that there's not a bullet remaining in the guy. But well the eighteen yeah, that's an apparent gunshot wound, but yeah. I see. The eighteen year old died and it turned out that the four men had attempted to break into a home and the homeowner or resident uh, uh, returned fire. And so that the shooting okay. appears justified. No charges yeah. will be expected against the person who fired the shot. Well, duh. Okay. But hang it's on. Georgia. Hello. Just a second. Now, they're filing felony murder charges against the surviving home invaders. Explain mm -hmm. that, John. Okay, here's the way it works. Now, uh, it's, the law is not exactly the same on what constitutes felony murder in every state. Yeah. But basically, if you're in the process of committing a felony mm -hmm. and someone dies in the, uh, while that felony is being committed, Mm -hmm. uh, you can wind up being charged with murder, even though you didn't actually take any of the actions against that person. So, for example, uh, uh, the 18-year-old I mean, the, the, the died. The rest of them mm -hmm. didn't shoot him, but they were in the process of committing a felony. And in the process of that felony, the 18-year-old died. And in, okay. Georgia, in Georgia, that's all it takes. Now, I'm good with that. In some other states, you have to be the person who committed the act that caused the wound. And, uh, and, and, and there, there's, there's differences. It's but been held, upheld in court repeatedly. Oh, oh yes. Oh, you well, know, you know, I'm not, I'm not a Viking, but Vikings actually understood this crap. <laughs> yep. So I'm good with it. Well, but now this, this is too... Uh, now, felony murder is, in fact, a legal term. Uh, mm -hmm. There is an informal term among... Uh, cops called misdemeanor murder, and that's basically when one drug dealer shoots the other. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's uh, slightly that, different. But, but wait, okay, so we've talked about the felony murder from the home invasion, but that is directly connected to news item number three. DeKalb Police said a 17-year-old was killed and two other people were also shot while attending uh -huh. a candlelight vigil for a quote-unquote... Oh. Recent homicide victim. The 18-year-old okay. who got the, shot dead during right. the home invasion. A suspect walked up and shot a 17-year-old during a candlelight vigil for Tanaeus McCune, who was shot and killed during a Friday home invasion attempt on Gresham Road. So in other <sighs> words, they're holding a candlelight vigil why would you do that for the guy kid. who got killed in a home invasion? Okay, perpetrating a criminal. A Why right. would you do that? And somebody decided they're going to open fire on the on the uh, candlelight vigil. And I don't know what the motive is there, but they, but I, I'm going back and remember it wasn't that long ago, the summer of 2000. People were rioting from coast to coast because one black guy died in police custody. Okay. And there's you were having there, black kids killed every week, every day, really. Uh, if you uh, take all these cities, Philadelphia, Chicago, black kids are killing every, getting killed every day. And it's almost as if 
their lives don't matter. Well, yeah. On the other hand, there is something about this whole situation that deserves a Darwin <laughs> Award. Uh, I don't uh, know. Yeah, it's just. On the I'm other sort of hand, sick. you know, <laughs> we uh, we usually end the show mm-hmm. with uh, a crazy people are dangerous segment. Um, and usually Stacy is the guy who started, uh, who, who, who found the story and start, and, and, and we, we spun off it, but I actually got to this story ahead of Stacy. So we're going to talk about my spin on it first, and then we'll turn it over to Stacy. Uh, I had a post, uh, at the beginning of the week, I'm not making this up, you know, mm. and Sam Brenton, the Biden administration deputy assistant yes. secretary of energy for spent fuel and waste disposition. That's the guy in charge oh. of nuclear waste for the Depart- federal department of energy uh, has been charged with felony theft in Minnesota law enforcement in Minneapolis uh, international airport received and a complaint about a missing bag and after running down all the evidence they found video of Brenton removing the bag uh, from uh, a uh, baggage claim area when he had flown in with no baggage and uh, basically and it um, got weirder <laughs> it gets weirder uh, he's one of the first gen openly gender fluid individuals in the senior <sighs> management of the federal government by the way uh, and I I, I uh, if you want to go to hogwash.com uh, uh, you, you can find the actual criminal complaint uh, that uh, was filed uh, uh, by the uh, uh, the cops for, at the airport. Uh, but Stacy, you, you you had a, a, your own spin on it because what's going on here is not only is this guy crazy and doing things, but some absolutely insane people are putting people like this in charge of. of of things that are well, uh, the senior kinda, executive. I service. wouldn't hire this guy, you know, to run a donut shop. You know what I'm saying? And they have put him as a deputy assistant secretary in the Department of Energy, and he's I mean, a federal. He's not just a, a federal big shot. He's a presidential appointee. No, yeah. he isn't. No, he isn't. He's uh, was hired by the uh, Senior Executive Service. He is not an appointee, which makes it even more scary if you think about it. Uh, are you sure he's SES? Because yes, he uh, is. He's senior executive service. Look at your story. Look Sam at the story. Brenton is self-evidently crazy. He oh, is yeah. Daft, he is daft, deranged, bonkers, berserk, a few fries short of a happy meal. Got that Nuttier right. than squirrel farts off his rocker and cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Exactly why the Biden, Biden would put him in. It's It's crazy. When you it hire is. crazy people, you get crazy scandals. You are so and, right. And and uh, by the way, Brenton led a Kink 101 session at the University of Nebraska at Omaha. The photo showed Brenton in a dress standing over three kneeling males with leather bondage-style dog masks on their heads. We have no this, idea what this means. 
this is what happens when you elect Democrats, which is why no sane adult would ever vote for Democrats. You're because right. Because crazy people are dangerous. We'll see you, you have that week. right. Yes, we'll see we'll you next week, guys. Seven uh, o'clock Saturday night. We shall return for another episode of the other podcast. Thank you for joining us, Diana. Got that. <laughs> Good night, folks. Good night. Bye, Good night. night, Diana. Mr. Breeze.